You're listening to the Light for Living podcast, featuring the sermons of Emmanuel Baptist Church in El Dorado, Arkansas, where Dr. Clark Whitney serves as senior pastor. Join us for verse-by-verse messages through the life-changing Word of God. Along the way, we'll also feature devotional thoughts, Bible studies, and interviews, all designed to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have a Bible, I invite you to take it out. And turn to the book of Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. We've had a tremendous week at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Great Sunday last Sunday, kicking off the new year, 2024. And lots of excitement around our campus. A great start to our Wednesday night. Good to see children and students and adults filling up our campus. And our men's fish fry on Thursday night. And I think I was one of the last ones to leave. I had a good time. I don't know about anybody else, but I had a good time. And I went home with a belly full of fish. And I'm probably missing four or five things. But what a joy it's been this week. And I'm glad you're here this morning as we continue our series, Traits of the Greats. If you weren't here last Sunday, that's okay. You can go back to our podcast and watch or listen to the first message. You can watch it live. And in the lobby today, we have a little gift for you. It's a little bag. And in this bag, we're going to give you, as we talk about the 10 traits of the greats, 10 essentials for a life that makes a difference, there's a little reminder, a little token. And you can keep those in this bag. You can bring your bag every Sunday, and you can put your sermon notes in here. But this Sunday, we have a very special, small gift for you to put in. And you may have seen this at the Welcome Center. If not, you need to get one and put it in your bag. And our lawyers have told us to say, this is not a breath mint. So if you try to suck on this, uh, it will not be good for your health. This is actually a towel. If you put water on it, it expands into a little towel. Today we're going to be talking about finding greatness, finding purpose in service. Purpose in service. So I hope you'll stop by the hub right there at the desk as you leave today. The towel represents purpose in service. And I came to tell you today that if serving is beneath you, leading is above you. If you're too good to serve, you're not fit to lead. If serving is beneath you, leading is above you. What would you do, I want to ask you this morning, if you knew you only had one day left to live? If today was your last day on planet Earth, well, you might see a little snow. There once was a great theologian named Tim McGraw. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. Tim, theologian Tim, told us exactly what he would do. If you know the song, he said he'd go skydiving, rocky mountain climbing, and 3.7, excuse me, 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. That sounds pretty specific to me. If it was my last day, I think I would go on down to Ziggy's and I would get a 32-ounce beach bum with whipped cream. Then I would go to the Flying Burger and get a double cheeseburger with a remoulade sauce on the side for my fries. And I would take a nap and I would spend time with my wife and kids. And then I would go to Walmart and TJ Maxx and Hobby Lobby because I would want to see you all one last time. (laughs) All kidding aside, none of us knows when our last day will be. 
But it dev- did it ever occur to you that Jesus knew what his last day would be? Jesus knew his last day. And on his last day, he washed feet. On his last day, he chose to serve. We're going to read Mark 10 this morning, and then out of John, it'll be on your screen. If serving is beneath you, leading is above you. The Word of God says in Mark chapter 10, So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. John chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. And during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. And then he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet and wash them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you that I'm not able or worthy, but God, you are worthy, and you are able. I can't. You never said I could. But you can. You always said you would. Father, speak to us now. Help us see true greatness in service. Help us wash feet. Help us be like Jesus. God, I pray for the one here today that doesn't know you. I pray that today would be the day they give their life to you. They find their purpose, their identity, everything they're searching for through salvation in Jesus. I pray that that you would increase and that I would decrease. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, without a doubt, if you're talking about greats, Jesus was the greatest in human history. Whether you believe in him as your Savior or not, the whole chronology of the world is linked to Jesus, B.C. and A.D., and the greatness turned greatness on its head. We talk a lot about leadership. There's tons and tons of books. I have many of them on leadership. But did you know in the King James Bible, the word leader is only used six times? If you were to look in your Bible, you could probably only find the word leader about six times. But the word servant is used 491 times. 491 times. The best leaders are servants. If you want to be great, wash feet. I want to give you five things about serving others this morning. Number one, serving means that it's not about power. It's not about power. Jesus began in Mark 10, and he talked about the rulers of the Gentiles who who lorded it over, who used their position to use their power for their own purpose. Well, it's nothing the same today. We all know people who use and abuse power for their own purposes. 
I have a book in my library, and it's one of the most best-selling books of all time. In fact, it sold over 4 million copies. And it was on the Amazon chart this week on the top 10 best-selling books in all of the world. It is called The 48 Laws of Power. The 48 Laws of Power. And you're supposed to read it. I haven't read it. You're supposed to read it to understand power and historical examples of power. And one of the funniest things about it is it's one of the most requested books in prisons. Go figure. We all know people who are like those that crave and seek after power. We all know those who have abused power, who are like the tyrants that Jesus talked about, use their position to get what they want. It could be a bad boss, a corrupt politician, or in my case, a hangry toddler. They use power, but Jesus said the people who follow him are supposed to act completely different. This is where Jesus said greatness is found, not in power, but in humbling yourself and serving people. Humbling yourself and serving people. Serving is how you make a difference. It's how you leave something that outlasts you, a legacy. It's how you become a great leader. And Jesus said, among you, my disciples, it's going to be different. Like he did so often, he gave a paradox. Two truths that seem opposite and contradictory at first, but when you examine them, they're in perfect harmony. Some of them are like this. The last will be first. You can only save your life by losing it. It is better to give than to receive. Things that don't make sense on the surface, but when you dig into them, you learn a lot about God's kingdom. Serving others means it's not about power. It also means it's not about position. Chasing after a position won't get you very far either. Some people in life are so caught up in the rat race. They spend money they don't have to impress people they don't like. And for stuff they don't even need. People run the rat race, but you could win the rat race, and guess what? You're still a rat. I've heard it this way. Be sure that if you're climbing the ladder of success, that your ladder is against the right building. That your ladder is against the right building. What a mistake it would be for you and I to get to the end of our lives and to look back and see that we have succeeded, but we've succeeded in things that don't really matter. That, that we weren't focused on serving. We weren't focused on God's kingdom and what he values. And we can be successful in the world's eyes, but God looks back on it, and it doesn't matter much in eternity. What a shame that would be. Martin Luther King said, everybody can be great. It means it's not about your position or your title. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. Amen. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Anybody can serve, which means anybody can be great. I'm telling you, I'm a nobody who's trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. And God uses nobodies. That's where true greatness is found, in nobodies humbling themselves and allowing God to use them. It's not found in a title. We've all heard the cliche, there's no I in team. When you're a servant, you put I on the back burner. But when ego and jockeying for position get in the way, kind of like the sons of Zebedee, true leadership is lacking. There was a legendary orchestra conductor named Leonard Bernstein, and he was very skilled in all things of the orchestra, in, in music and all of 
the instruments. And someone once asked him, what is the hardest instrument to play? Without one second of hesitation, he replied, second fiddle. Second fiddle. I can always get plenty of first violinists, but the one who plays second violin with as much enthusiasm or French horn or second flute, now that's a problem. And yet, if no one plays second, there is no harmony. There is no harmony. In the church, we have to serve for there to be harmony. In your organization or in your family, you've got to serve for there to be harmony. And Jesus says greatness is willingness to pick up the second fiddle, to take up the towel, and to create harmony by working together to advance God's kingdom. He promises when we humble ourselves to exalt us, James 4.10. And he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Isn't that good? I want you to know that it's not about power or position, but it's also, it gives us an eternal purpose when we serve. When you and I serve, it fills our life with meaning. Remember, anybody can serve. No matter how old you are, no matter what position you have or don't have. And when you serve, you're given an eternal purpose. After Jesus said, the greatest will be a servant, this is what he said. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I've already told you the greatest is a servant. And don't just listen to what I say. Look at my life. And the Son of Man, which was Jesus' favorite title for himself, he came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now think about Jesus' time. The Jewish people, Jesus' people, were under Roman oppression. They were under the thumb of the mighty Roman Empire. And they wanted someone to come liberate them, perhaps a political powerhouse or a military general or someone that could be a conquering king that could show up and have all these people serve him and overthrow the Romans and give them what they had coming. But instead, God knew their greatest need was not a physical liberation, but a spiritual salvation. And he gave them a suffering servant, someone to live and to die and to live again so that they could be forgiven of sin and have eternal life. And Jesus said, I didn't come as a mission to be served. I came to serve and to give my life, to give my life as a ransom for many. Of course, you and I are not Jesus. That's why we need him. But, but he gave his life as a ransom for us, and he's our master. A servant is not greater than his master. If Jesus picked up the towel and served, how much more do we need to pick up the towel and serve? It gives our life purpose. Mark Twain once said, there are two important days in a person's life. The first day is the day that you're born. The second day is the day you find out why. Two great days in your life. The day you're born, the day you find out why you're born. Well, I'm going to tell you why you're born today. To bring glory to God and to serve Him. To serve others through Him and by Him and for Him. When we get saved, we're given that purpose. He saves us through nothing good on our own. That's why He died. But when we're bought with a price, the Bible says we present our lives as a living sacrifice. As the story goes, President John F. Kennedy he challenged America in the 1960s to put a man on a moon. Some of y'all were around back then. You can tell me about it, okay? According to a popular legend, this is what happened. 
President Kennedy went to NASA headquarters in 1961. And as he walked down the hall at NASA, the space race going, everybody so excited about what was going on, he saw a janitor quietly mopping the floor. He stopped and introduced himself and he said, hello, my name is President Kennedy. Why are you working so late? The janitor mopping the floor turned to him and said, Mr. President, I'm helping put a man on the moon. I'm helping put a man on the moon. See, the people serving in the nursery today and changing dirty diapers right now are just as important than the person behind the pulpit. And the person in the sound booth can help Mitch get his numbers right. <laughs> we all need to know there's no I in team, that we need to serve other people, that there's no little jobs in God's kingdoms, that even the small things can be great things. If it's done in Jesus' name with a grateful heart, it's full of significance. And I want to tell you today, you're never more like Jesus than when you serve. You're never more like Jesus than when you serve. Fourth thing, not only does serving give us an eternal purpose, it gives us an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective. I want to go to John, and on the night before he died, on his last day, he didn't go skydiving. The Bible says that he knew the Father had given all things to his hand and that he had come from God and he had about to complete his mission and return back to God. And he rose from the supper. And without saying a word, Jesus gave his disciples an object lesson for the ages. All of the teaching that he had given them over three years to this motley crew on hillsides and in a boat and in crowds and in the wilderness and traveling on a dusty road, all the things that he taught them with his words, he culminated in one thing. And you'll notice that he didn't say a word. He rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments. And taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. He poured water into a basin. And the Bible says he began to wash his disciples' feet. To wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. You have to know about those days, there were no planes or trains or automobiles. You had to walk wherever you went, and you had to wear sandals, so your feet were exposed to the elements wherever you went. There were no asphalt roads. There were no gravel roads. You had to walk in the dust. And by the end of the day, your feet would be sweaty and dirty and stinky. And as the custom would go, you would go into someone's house for dinner, and the master of the house would have the household servant wash your feet to freshen you up. Now, I don't like feet. I barely like my own feet. And I certainly don't like your feet. But I'm a clean freak. But this is going to gross you out. I want to make it even worse for you. If you think about it in those days, there was no plumbing either. And in some homes, you would, you would use the john in the house with no running water. And you would dump the john in the street to get rid of the mess. Sometimes you would walk in the street, you wouldn't just get dust on your feet. And so Jesus took up the towel, and even with all the germs and the dirt and the, 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 the lower level that washing feet represented, he took the form not of the master, but as the servant. It changes our perspective. My wife once said, ministry is messy. Ministry is messy. Every member at Emmanuel Baptist Church is a minister. 
Ephesians 4 says that the pastors are supposed to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you set out to serve other people, guess what? It's going to get messy. You may not have to wash feet, but when you deal with problems like poverty and addiction, mental illness, broken homes, it can lead to some pretty messy situations. It's not always clean cut. But the Bible says in Galatians 5.13 to serve one another in love. That's because that's what Jesus did for us. I want you to know as we wrap this thing up that our serving isn't done for other people and it's certainly not done for ourselves. Our suffering, our, our serving is done for Jesus. Our serving is done for Jesus. Sometimes when I see people in need, I run it through in my head whether I think that they are deserving of my help. Are they able-bodied? Could they lift themselves up on their own? Uh, maybe I've given them help before, and they didn't even say thank you. I get really frustrated when people don't say thank you, by the way. The truth is, when I serve other people, it's not even for me or for them. It's for Jesus. Because Jesus said, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did it unto me. I used to picture the least of these when I read that verse, Matthew 25, 40. And I would think maybe of a homeless guy under an underpass with a cardboard sign. We have some in El Dorado. Think maybe that's the least of these. Maybe that's who I ought to serve. But I've had a, a revelation. I've had a new perspective on it. That the least of these isn't, isn't the homeless person or the destitute. The least of these is me. The least of these is me. Because when I was still walking in the dirt and dung of sin, Jesus washed my feet. When I didn't deserve it, before I could even say, thank you, Jesus, he died for me. And my service for other people is done for him. And he's worthy and he's worth it. The least of these is me. I had nothing good to offer him. The only thing I gave him is the sin that made my salvation necessary. And he still washed my feet. Our serving is done for Jesus. It's also done to Jesus. The object is Jesus. That means we keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, focused on him. And when you're focused on him, day by day, he sends you divine appointments. He sends people in your path or in your life that need to know him, that need to hear about him, that need you to be hands and feet. I went to Pizza Hut the other day, and there was a lady out there that was, that was just crying, sitting on the sidewalk. When I go into Pizza Hut, it's quick in, quick out. You'll see me in my almost pajamas walking in Pizza Hut. And I sat down there on the curb, and I said, what's going on? And through her tears, she needed a place to stay. She needed food. She had a little thing of water. No, she didn't have anything to drink. She, she, she just needed... I, it's hard to even understand her. I said, I can't help you with a place to stay, but I can give you water. I asked her if she knew the Lord. Another lady came on and helped her. And, and I did the best I could. Well, fast forward to a few weeks later. I was in another situation that I didn't want to be seen. Coming back from the doctor. And on that particular day, I was coming down with the stomach bug. I don't recommend getting out in the community if you have the stomach bug. But I had to fill up with gas on the way back from the doctor. And I pulled around and I saw someone waving at me. And it, I, I didn't want to talk to him. So I pulled to the other side of Murphy to get away from him. 
And I wanted to fill up and get home so I could empty out. You're laughing less than what I'm preaching. <laughs> so she went all the way all over to me, and, and she said, hey, I know you, I know you. It was the same lady. She had some better clothes on. She had new shoes on. She said, will you take me to the China buffet? I said, ma'am, I cannot. I was trying to keep my distance. I took her into the Murphy USA, and I said, let's, let's pick out something that you can eat. Let's, let's. So she started putting, oh man, Hostess donuts and sugar drinks and Reese's and some things I said, no ma'am, don't get that. Let's get this. It'll help you. I helped her, but I, I didn't really do it to or for Jesus that day. I did it because I needed to get home. We need to do it to Jesus. We need to look for the people he puts in our path, not just when it's convenient for us, I didn't hug up on her. I didn't touch anything, okay? It's also done through Jesus. It's through Jesus. The most foolish thing you and I can do is try to serve God in our own power. The most foolish thing we can do is try to do the things that he wants us to do on our own strength. Before he left and gave us his great commission, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. When we serve to him and through him and for him, we're serving under his authority. We're serving with his presence, knowing that he's with us. And when we empty ourselves of self and fill ourselves with his spirit, he allows us to be used by him. There was a legendary missionary to China named Hudson Taylor. He said this, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. If you do what God wants you to do in the way he wants you to do it, He'll supply everything you need. Well, I want to give you two examples, then I'm done. Mother Teresa was known worldwide for serving the least of these. If anybody ever took up the towel, it was Mother Teresa. As a young nun in Calcutta, India, she left her relatively safe convent school to live and serve in the slums with the lepers, the homeless, the down and out. And her passion was serving people who were living in the streets, who were left alone to die. The ministry that she founded called Missionaries of Charity has a global impact of serving others, helping the poor, uh, those without homes, those in leprosy, those suffering from AIDS. In 1979, Mother Teresa was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Among her numerous other awards and honors and honorary degrees, she refused a banquet for her prize, instead choosing to raise support for the ministry. Of course, she traveled all over the world. Her name is a household name even today. And her listeners, as she would speak all over the world, would be motivated to help her cause. And they would come up to her over and over and over. People would come up to her after a speech or, or write to her and say, Mother Teresa, how can we help your ministry in Calcutta? How can we help the work that you're doing in Calcutta? Every single time, Mother Teresa replied with just four words. Find your own Calcutta. Find your own Calcutta. The Calcutta for you and me is El Dorado, Arkansas. And as I, I look around, there's lots of people that need washed feet. There's lots of people that need to be served. And Jesus is worth it. A couple weeks ago, some of our, our folks fed 146 people at our El Dorado Salvation Army. We got a picture up there. Look at that. 
What a great crew. Isn't that awesome? Can we celebrate that? They didn't do it for that. But I just want to show you what it looks like. Some of us young whippersnappers need to get with the program, okay? 146 people. How many more people need to be fed? How many more people need to hear the gospel? How many more people need us to take up the towel? I want to encourage you today to take your next step in serving. Maybe you're already serving somewhere. To find one place to serve in the wall of the church, but outside the wall of the church too. One inside and one outside. Everybody can do a little bit more. In Jesus worth it? And I want you to pray about what your next step would be. We have what we call four Eldo. We just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in El Dorado. It's not a, a big organized thing. It's anything that we do outside the church to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to share the gospel. Inside the church, there's many ministries you can get plugged in. We'd love to plug you into our children's ministry, our student ministry, our young adult men's ministry. But two areas I want to encourage you today in the church. We've been blessed with so many new faces. It's hard to keep up. We need help in our greeting ministry. Leah Riley does a great job organizing it. We need a smiling face at the door. We need people to help other people find where they're going. I'm glad when I came here, somebody was friendly to me, all right? We need people in our media ministry. Today is the first day we're broadcasting in 1080p. And to anybody watching online, I'm sorry if I broke your TV today. But we need help in our media ministry. A lot of times people will come to church because they see us on Facebook Live or YouTube or they hear the message even though they're not in the walls. We want them to come here and hear about Jesus face to face. You can't have real community on the other side of a screen. But the entryway a lot of times is through our media ministry. Maybe we don't realize that, but there's so many homebound and shut in folks in our nursing home that watch our TV station or, or listen or listen to the podcast, or watch on the stream. We need help. Even if you're not that tech savvy, you can still greet, okay? You can smile. But I want to encourage you, if you're interested in one of those two, to text the word media or greet to that number and send your name along with it, and we'll reach out, and we'll help you get plugged in. If you'd like to serve, we're going to leave that up for a while. Text those words. We need all the help we can get. We're here to fulfill a mission but it's not even for other people. It's for Jesus. And it's by him and through him and for him to be all the glory and honor and praise. Would you bow your head this morning? Has there been a moment in your life that the Lord Jesus has stepped into your path of sin and washed your feet? Has there been a moment that you've sat down and you've turned your life over to him? That he's taken your filthy rags your mess, and he has washed you in his blood. That by the blood of Jesus, he gave his life as a ransom for you, to buy you back from slavery to sin, so that you can be alive and free and with God forever. If there's never been a moment you've done that, the greatest way we can serve you today is to tell you how you can be saved. The greatest way we can serve you today is to tell you how you can be saved. We can't make the decision for you. We can't persuade you or argue you. We can just trust the Holy Spirit of God who's already working on your heart. And in this room or watching online right where you're at, if today you want to receive Jesus to be forgiven of your sin, 
to have hope of eternal life in heaven, I want you to pray something like this. God, I know that I've sinned, but I believe you sent a Savior. You sent Jesus to serve me and to save me. And right now, I'm repenting and I'm turning from my sin and I'm putting my trust in Jesus. I thank you that he, he loved me even to the point of death on a cross. And I believe that he died and that he was buried and that he rose from the dead. And I invite him into my life now to be my Lord and my Savior. I want to live for him and I want to serve him all of my days. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with a friend. We hope you'll tune back in next time to the Light for Living podcast.